Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. How are you going, brother? Back in studio. Cheers. Yeah. To Thanks Rog- to Roger. Roger. Thank you, brother. Two years and the show's finally paying dividends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we spoke about this um, like maybe like 10 episodes ago now, but um, Roger sent us a little donation. And with Let's that, he said, see that. have a drink. Nice bottle of Glen Morangi. I'm probably butchering that for anyone who's listening, listening from Scotland, but- a nice bottle of um, scotch. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. We really do appreciate it. It tastes yeah. really good and mm. you'll get the talking juices flowing today. Yeah, it's cool. You didn't have to do that and we really appreciate it. So, thank you. And the reason why it's taken so long, brother, is because every time we have seen each other for a podcast, it's been first thing in the morning and I don't think drinking scotch first thing is- Yeah. Today, we're finally doing one at like- um, Four o'clock? Four o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well- You've been well, bro? Yeah, can't complain. Awesome. Good can't to hear. Can't complain yourself. Very good, thank you. Mm-hmm. Back in- Leo's two now. I think, yeah. we, I think we talked about that on the last episode. We talked about that last time, so that's been keeping me busy. Is he talking now? Oh, he talks so much, bro. He swings like three, four set word sentences now. He's, um, hey, like, hey, can I watch the Wiggles? I'm like, oh, no, later. Soon, soon, soon. Well, <laughs> now, now, now. So, yeah, it, it's mm. been very interesting. Watching him grow and develop has been, has been such a- an amazing adventure. The la- every single month is different. So that's they difficult. call it the terrible twos, right? Terrible twos. We'll see how terrible he becomes. He's what ten days into it, yeah. so we'll see. He's pretty cool. I can remember, f- like I don't have kids, but um, Rachel's got a niece who's like four and a half now, and it was an interesting year. Yeah, I'll say that much. <laughs> well, the more they develop, the more they can question. Yeah, they can. I think I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about it. They're so disinhibited, right? So like a two-year-old goes from like ecstasy to like a tantrum mm-hmm. in the yeah. blink of an eye and back again. Mm-hmm. So, they're just like, they're just wildly swinging, right? And and just like what we learned through through dog training is watching the difference of behavior. You mm. can see what's a genuine, I'm upset, I'm crying. Yep. And when something is a tantrum mm. and he looks upset and, oh, and, it, and it depends on how you react to that. Shadow right? still does it now. He did it last <laughs> night. He was, he was um, like, he's seven months old now. So, probably like a little bit of that teenage vibe. You know, he's not such a little puppy anymore and he's starting to find his, you know, his size is coming through. He's probably almost 16, 17 kilos now. And sometimes he just gets a bit boisterous at nighttime and then, you know, he doesn't want to settle on the couch or whatever and just put him in the crate and then he just goes to sleep. But between that eight and 10 months is when we see the dog start to challenge their space and mm. um, a little bit of dominance can come out. His testosterone or, starting yeah, to kick in as well. Sometimes you see like resource guarding at this time or, um, you know, pushy behavior and things. Mm. And can you compare that to a child? When does that happen? It's all very much the same. The more you become aware of your environment and how you can influence it, the more you'll try. Mm. And that's why boundaries and foundations are always set in place and having structure for regardless of the species and whatever we're dealing with, yep. it's- it's got to be consistent so we can manage it when those times come. Mm. But overall, I'm very, very happy with his development. He's looking good. He's a good little boy. He's cool. I love him. I love him too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're good little- I guess for anyone who's listening from the States, they probably don't have a lot that much exposure to either of his 
breeds, which is Border Collie and Kelpie. I think Border Collie is probably more. Yeah. Um, internationally um, used. Yeah. Compared to Kelpies, yeah. Kelpie's a real Aussie breed, right? Mm. And uh, yeah, he's good fun. Yeah. Good balance. Like, you're not too big, loves to work, loves to play. He's a good dog trainer's dog, you know what I mean? And it's not like I was ever going to do like bite sports or anything like that. So, I didn't really need like a shepherd, but he's like one level down from that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, look, they're, they're, they're compact, they're easy to work with, they're very hardy, very mm. smart. Pocket rocket. Yeah, totally. I think, they, I think they're, they're one of my favorite breeds, so you did well. Son. He's cool. I definitely <laughs> think you had an influence on me in my choosing that because you always used to talk about like, you know, mm-hmm. Ace and, and Rocky and that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I always should have like a Kelpie around. I think that's just how it is. They're just, they're, they're and just they fun. And they keep the pack together. They, yeah. they are really the worker's dog. They're fun. Good yeah, fun. Definitely. Anyway, that's enough about that. Today, we talk about when training plateaus. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And so many times when it comes to like generally our second, third session is when we start to see things start to plateau. Mm. Because, of course, when we come into somebody's house and make some changes and as long as they follow through, they, we can see some really quick exponential growth. That oh not growth um like change that happens yeah. and improvement in behavior yeah. wherever it is a quick win on. perhaps totally it becomes yeah. from like non-existent to hockey stick s- something really good yeah. and really intense we call that like a hockey stick right like if it was if it was if the x y axis is time and the y axis is progress and it goes like that Perfect. it's like a hockey stick growth and so it looks really good initially like whoa exactly. improvement but you might have started from a really low base right but even then that's a perfect analogy for all of it is because it does spike real quick but then if it continues going at that same rate it, your dog will develop wings and evolve and fly like yeah. you know there has to be a time where things kind of settle mm. and what do we do when it settles and what does it mean when we're not getting as much growth and results as quick as we were getting it and i think that's where people get discouraged and then they either don't know what to do from there or we don't then have that persistence to see it through for the next six to 12 months mm-hmm for it to become like a reliable behavior. Yeah. That's when then things drop off again. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of it too, and I see that with my own clients as well. Like the first session, it's like, it's like- You're doing magic. Yeah. It's like a first date almost. And you're yeah. like meeting these people. Yeah. And it is, they, they think you're some kind of magician or something, right? Because again, they might have started from a really low base in terms of A, their knowledge and B, like the dog's training level. Let's assume it's a like an adult dog or whatever, even if it's a puppy, like it's a blank slate kind of thing. And so, the first lesson's like, looks really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of things can change and positive, you know, loading markers and all that kind of and stuff. that's where you see the before and after videos. Look how he walked. Look how he's walking yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, then what about the three-month walking mm-hmm. from now? That's the video we need to yeah. see. But yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then a lot of it is probably- the, the flat line in dopamine for possibly us as trainers and also the, the dog owner as well. Mm-hmm. Like that initial spike, they're like, ooh, this is impressive. And then after two or three, four lessons, they're kind of like, uh, like it's that the, the, the change isn't as obvious. Third and fourth sessions isn't about fixing problems so much. It's more about maintaining what we've established and, and proofing. seeing it. Yeah, proofing mm-hmm. to see small successive approximations of the the end goal. Yeah, changing environments. You need to have those incremental mm-hmm. steps. And we talk about incremental th- everything when we're teaching duration in a down or separation related issues or how much do we increase distractions when we're practicing our recall. And all of those things are now combined into the overall progress of your training. Mm-hmm. And that's why having the end goal is important. And maybe that end goal of, like I put a video up the other day saying we're practicing tethering and we want our dog. I saw that, yeah. And the end goal for the tethering is that your dog can 
stay on the tether while you're out of sight for 10 minutes. Mm. Now, that that may not happen over the next 18 months. You may get that in two years' time, mm-hmm. but you're still aiming towards that. And, yeah, you may get a really good, like in that first month of training, your dog freaks out every single time you attach it to the pole and within three weeks you may be able to get five minutes while you're sitting three mm. metres from him. But then to get walking out of sight and then to increase the dist- – especially – while your dog's distracted in that space while you're not around, like that's going to take time and it's going to take repetition. It takes like 90 repetitions for us humans to develop a habit mm-hmm. and that's very similar to, to our training as well. So once we get 90 successful repetitions in a row is when we start to have that reliability and you may get to 50 and then and then things go pear-shaped for another five reps and you have to just start back from the beginning, which then reinforces – us as dog trainers, when or if you're going to hire a dog trainer, is that you want to look at them teaching you the steps rather than them fixing the problem and then giving you the dog back because I want people to see that, yes, things will be going awesome and then when things start to go back a couple of steps where your dog goes, I don't want to down on just the verbal and you may need to give the gesture again. If you go back to just giving – to going back to luring even worse with food in your hand, then the dog will only down in, with the lure and not with just the verbal – and if I can show you the steps of how we made from transition from luring, gesture, just the verbal, you go back a few steps, you fix it, you carry on again. Mm. And our job must become obsolete so that people are educated enough to be able to do that. Now, I know board and trains have their place, of course. Some people don't need to know the ins and outs of the most Some intense. people don't want to know. That's a problem too. But let's just say it's They just behavioral. want like the keys to the castle kind of thing, you know? And and any quick fix means that it may probably won't last as long. Mm. But I guess let's just say your dog's dog aggressive and people don't need the skills to be able to do the whole behavior modification. Someone comes and takes your dog three, four, five weeks, works on all that, and then educates you on the steps of how to maintain it. That's cool. But um, when it comes to obedience or even like mild behavior modification, it's good to show the people the steps. So when we do plateau, we've got a, a plan. Yeah. And just like muscle growth, you haven't worked out in a year. Yeah. You're going to train. The first three months will be probably difficult, but you'll see the most growth in that time. That's right. They call that beginner gains, right? Beautiful. Yeah. What happens in six to nine months and you don't see- You plateau. You plateau, but then you go, well, then that's where I want it to be. So, mm. I maintain. Mm. Or it's like, no, I need more. So, then you need to do more rest, more food, maybe more hormones. And, and also that. what you do is you change your training program. You don't do one training program for 12 months. And adapt. Mm. So, you know that because we've done it. So, then you know, oh, it doesn't matter when I plateau and I'm not seeing the extreme gains because you've got to reinforce where you are, where you're working towards. You may have to change and adapt your your approach. And this is very much exactly like dog training. Mm-hmm. is about seeing what it is that you want and then working towards it. And then if you want to, like with Spades, to be honest, I just maintain a lot of his behaviors because I, yeah. I do from time to time teach him a new thing. But generally, I just I'm more on maintenance, and we do that yeah. because it's fulfilling, it's enriching, and all the gains come from it. But I want to kind of keep him there. But if I stop altogether, Spades won't have that good downstay and all the rest of it that I rely on for work. Mm. So I got to maintain it for it to stay there, and that's yeah. where people think we make the dog, we fix the dog. Now the dog just does it. You know how when we talk about, um, I think on the last episode talking about separation distress. And we're saying like, you know, pretty much if a dog can be alone for an hour, it can be alone for like the day kind of thing. At what point would you say a downstay is, do you know what I mean? What's the the length in minutes where you would say a downstay is pretty much as good as it's going to get? And then you would assume that it would still be able to hold it past that point. It's an interesting question because it will depend on each dog and Mm. everything. 
Let's just talk about spades because he's the dog that I've had for the longest and he's done the best downstay. Yeah. And now I can have that reliability just for people know what you're referring to is that if I was to go to a client's house, a lot of the times I, if it's like a fenced off front yard, I'll just tell him to down in the shade, mm-hmm. no lead, no food. He just stays there for the hour and a bit. Mm-hmm. I come out, I release him and he can probably do longer. Mm-hmm. Now, of course he will get up. That's a pretty long time. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Now he's older, he's more chill. Yeah. And there's it's a selfish a- question because it's something that I'm starting to have to teach to Shadow because yeah. he's seven months old now. I would imagine within the next half a year, maybe less, I want to start put- bringing him to sessions. Good. And so, that's one of the core skills that he has to have is to hold a downstay regardless of what else is going on. Definitely. Right? And it's something that we have to start working on now. So, things you start doing is everything we've d- talked about in terms of the tether because Spades knows the downstay because of the tethering. Mm. So, okay, he's like almost- He's 10, he's almost 11. Let's just say when he was five, when I was using him, like, is that his peak sort of thing? Yeah. We're using most. He was probably still tethered at five, but, like, not because I relied on the tether like he was going to run, is that he never got – I think we've – have we talked about the elephant thing before? Elephant? The elephants? No. Okay. So, something that my sensei taught me. He says um, wherever they have the sanctuary for elephants mm-hmm. is that when the calf is born, they tie the calf to the thickest, biggest tree they have. The calf learns, of course, he can pull against the chain as much as you want. He's not pulling over the mm, big oak tree. No point. And then as he gets that little bit older, the new calf is born. They get that original calf and then they put the elephant onto a smaller tree and they put the new baby onto the big tree. Then another one's born. So then the original one goes into a smaller tree. And then before you know it, the elephant's a full-size animal. And all I got to do is um, hit the stark picket into the ground. Yeah. And I could just a post in the ground and the elephant he never even that a tries. tether is- don't even bother. He doesn't yeah. even try because yeah. he's never, ever had success in that. I don't know how long that takes. Yeah, yeah. But for the rest of its adult life, you can just put him to anything that's flimsy, a stick in the ground, and he'll and he, he feel a bit of tension and never pull against it. Mm-hmm. Now, again, whether that's a analogy or whether that's actually legit, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it's legit mm-hmm. along those lines, is that that would be the same thing with when we tether our dog. He, he never has success of running away, so then why try? Also, people get surprised when I put him in the down, I walk in, they're like, oh, isn't he going to- Take off. Like, take off. Even. Where's he going to go? I'm <laughs> like, I'm inside the house. There's nowhere he wants to go except yeah. for closer to me. Yeah. Of course, if there's no gate and you have to be careful, a random mm. dog can come and attack him mm-hmm. or something could happen. Sometimes he's in the front yard and it's a bit hot and the sun's moved, so he's gotten up and relocated into the shade. Mm. I'm not giving him any grief for that. But um, but in those early stages, I'm really all over. And even while I was in the session, I'm like, oh, I'll be back. I'll go out, reinforce it, come back in to show him that, hey, I'm around, I'll reward you. Yeah, I'll go out. If I see him has moved, if it hasn't been a hot spot, but he's gone up closer to the door or something, uh-uh, I grab him, take him back to original spot. And then just do that for years and years and years. And I think you get that hmm. again. And when you get to an older dog, he's pretty chill. Yeah. Even though when we say he's pretty chill, he walks just as many steps as I do. And that's mm-hmm. like 10 to 15 minimum a day. 20,000 a day. You yeah. know, so we're, um, so he's pretty fit for his old age. But again, um, it's because of consistency. So you get that down. But of course, we've got to proof the crap out of it. Mm. Um, and you will get a plateau. You'll get a point where you just can't get past that 15 minutes, just whatever it is. But it's the same rule. 10 times out of 10 with success, we move to the next increment. Yep. So that's just that persistence. And it's objective, right? Yeah. Then you're like, okay, this is an objective measurement. He's hit 10 out of 10. We can now progress. Exactly. It's yep. a good- Because even if you did it six out of six, that's still probably good, but go that extra 10 because then you know, well, it's pretty mm. It's pretty guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But then again, different 
environment, different exposure. If if I had him outside and a firework went off, I'm going out to check on him because he's probably got an up looking yeah. for me. He gets a bit stressed. That's his thing, right? He's not that into. Fireworks. And it could have been your dog sees a bird and goes, "I can't, I can't hold this down, man." The mm. bird and Spades hasn't got that sort of drive. So now with Nookie. I did the 10 minute downstay at the front of the shack, the coffee shop, while I, um, no lead. And that was a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago. I walked in and I came back out and she was there with spades. Mm. But if it was last year, I tethered her to his collar. So he doesn't, so she can't, <laughs> he, he is the anchor. Yeah. He's but, the um, tree trunk. But yes, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, and you also got a, the thing about the downstay and not that I fully recommend this, but there has to be a little bit of, risk involved you know like i put nookie in the down and the lead's on but it wasn't tethered to anything mm. they could have run onto the road yeah. run away so of course anyone that's listening oh well panos and luke don't do it i'm gonna do it mm. um there's always a risk i can walk my dog around the block off the lead there's a risk involved yeah i talk about that with my clients as well because i would say like in the general pet owning population from what i've seen in sydney and like people are really into and quite regularly want to take their dogs to a dog park or an off-leash area in general, whether that's a dog park or not. They're like, fine. But the main thing that I try and get across to them is the second you unclip that dog, you've already kind of signed the waiver. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've accepted that. As long as you understand that, then it's all cool. Yeah. You have to understand like anything could happen. Exactly. And so, you take that risk. But if you practice a record 20 times inside your house and then the next time you expect to do it is in public when there's a thousand dogs mm-hmm. around you- there's no chance. The, exactly. And that's not a plateau. That's just your ignorance of thinking, well, he knows it, so he should do it mm. there. But Everything's incremental. And that's where that, you know, not too much freedom too soon, et cetera, et cetera, mm. long leads and, and practicing all of that. Like my, my friend that I just saw, he says like, oh, yeah, the dog never listens to me. I'm like, yeah, but the dog's never on the lead outside your house. Define never and define listen. <laughs> that, yeah. definitely. But like, of course, your dog's not going to come back to you in the park and just dog's on the other side of the field. Mm. Why should she be close to you? He's like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. I'm like, that's exactly right. So that's where that long lead and, and some things aren't plateauing. Now, look, of course, they have to see the limitations of the dog, breed, age, all mm. these different things, because there's certain things that you probably reached the dog's maximum. Like, for example, I know some dogs that can jump, you know, four, four foot jump, um, like a hurdle. Yeah. Easy where Nookie can't even jump into my car. Mm-hmm. So I have to like pick her up every single time. Shadow's getting pretty nimble. So he can jump up, and I would yeah. expect him to be able to jump up onto onto like a, a table if yeah. I wanted. Yeah, like to. we took him down to the. Um, we often take him down the Esplanade at Cronulla, and you know that there's that wall at North Cronulla where you like it's the footpath splits and it goes down, and there's yep. like a, you know, it's probably it's probably four foot high along yeah. the, fr- and he can he can jump onto that. No no Easy. dramas. Easy. Yeah. And Space could have done that when he was five, and yeah, now I don't even ask him to. So yeah. th- some things will plateau because of your dog's limitations. Some things will plateau because of your own limitations. Mm. You may get a good heel for two meters, but maybe not 20 meters on the Esplanade because you don't have Other the skills, yep. the skill set for it. Or that's where the practice, patience, persistence is super key when it comes to when things plateau because you've got to be patient for things to grow and to evolve. And as I said before, if our dogs exponentially grew all the time, like constantly, that would then, ev- that would literally evolve, but that only happens over lifetimes. That's why they have to be capped at somewhere. Mm. And, um, and we have to remind ourselves of that too, is that, you know, we're on the journey of learning and implementing what we've learned. So, you know, the technique that worked for your old dog may not work for this one. So, there's constant learning. And I, I know a client of mine just asked uh, asked for a video of how to get a puppy into a down. I tried to look for it. There was one from four years ago. I'm mm. like, oh, mm. I don't even want to send this to her. 
It's like not the same as how I do it today. Yeah, sure. So it's you wouldn't good. want it to be. Exactly. So then if we then expect our dogs to be good this year compared to last year, you have improved since then so you mm. can change differently. So the certain mug You're is a my better point. dog trainer than you were last week. That's Hope, the, that's the idea, right? You know what I mean? Like exactly. Otherwise, what's the point? And look, and there's gonna be that's some- for anything in life. Exactly. And there's only new there was only small little details that need mm. to be fixed, but Look, I still send it to him. Like, look, it will do, but let's just do some training so we can show you how to do it. But, um, but yeah, we have to always adapt with ourselves and adapt with our dog and expect the worst thing to happen. Your dog ran away across the road to chase the cat. Expect that every single time now you tell him to do mm. because that's the reality of it. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Always. Mm. That's life. Mm. True. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to add about when things plateau, when training plateaus? I think, um, also, hopefully, a plateau is kind of where you want it to be. That's a that's a positive thing. Yeah. Well, like we're saying at the start, like acknowledging progress and having an idea of where you want to get to in the first place, mm-hmm. because a plateau might just be the general area. Yeah, like mm-hmm. where you kind of would end up anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like is there is there necessarily more progress to be had? Maybe not. Exactly. Maybe not. So, we did group class two weeks ago and a lot of the- I think I talked about this last episode. doesn't matter. Repeat. Um, where I said to them, like six out of the 10 dogs are reactive. Yeah. And the dogs lunged up. But then noticeably, most of the dogs just recovered, went back into a natural position, mm-hmm. like into the desired position within like three, four seconds. And you can see the frustration. I'm like, oh, it's still happening. I'm like, yeah, but look at the bounce back. Look at that recovery. You know, I think they're talking about that on Canon Paradigm um, a few episodes ago, talking about recovery is most important, especially in puppies. The puppy got scared of the of the bowl falling onto the ground, the metal bowl. The first time it happened, he was hiding under the couch. And now he startles a bit, but then continues what he's doing. Like, yeah, he's still reacted. And we pe- and us, our people see the reaction, mm. not looking at the recovery time. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your dog's bouncing back, back into the, into the focus state where you want him a lot quicker than you did last week or the week before, you're in the game. You haven't plateaued. You're improving. You have to see that effort and that progress, even if it's on the micro levels. Yeah. And um, and it's the same as, I don't know, did you put a post up? Someone put a post up saying that you got to look at your your progress and reward yourself, Absolutely. reward your dog, Absolutely. rather than looking at yeah, that was just amazing. the thing. Yeah. And it's so important. That's what training's all about. You want to be good at any skill. Acknowledge the progress that you've made. Um both yourself and the dog, mm-hmm. because otherwise you're always just beating yourself up for this hypothetical. That never happens mm. or was going to happen anyway. Mm. Where, um, okay, boxing. I kind of suck at boxing and my mate is like really good at it. Actually, I'm like definitely scared of him. So, that's why I probably mm-hmm. always spiral. Is he like a bit of a natural or? Oh, no, he's like he trains hard. Sure. And he's, yeah, and he's natural and he's bit bigger of both, than me. Eh? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And he's always been like a mentor of mine in mm. the in that space. And we'll just um, – and I, anyway, my sparring has gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm. My technique's a bit better. I know what a slip means and I know how to roll around. I can I can practice that expression of fighting mm. a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, I rewarded myself. But because we're close, close friends and close training buddies, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, cool, but yeah. – <laughs> um, Popja. For sure. He goes, if your hands aren't up, you're copying it. And I welcome it. Yeah. By getting punched in the head, that left hook, like that, you know, the look, the look when just as someone gets knocked out, yeah. it's boom. That's life that, coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, wow, any harder and you would definitely knock me out. The 
I don't, I see that. And even though it's a bit of frustration and a hurt, like my, I think it gave me a good liver shot as well. Like <laughs> these things hurt. Yeah. And like, and you're welcome. You're going to do martial arts or any form of fighting. Yeah. Then don't expect not to get It reminds hit. you you're alive, eh? Exactly. It's good. I, and I love it. However, the frustration was there because, oh, I thought I got better at it, but I just need to review Reality it. Reality at it. Yeah. And, but also look, but then so I can focus on, oh, he still hit me. I'm like, yeah, obviously still hit you. He's going to demolish you every time. Mm. But- he hit me less and whatever, whatever. And because he stepped it up one more notch, uh, that means I stepped it up a notch. And we have that agreement and we talked about it. So I have to look at the frustration side of it and help that feed me and look at my progress and help that feed. You don't go, but I've gotten heaps better, I'll stop. Or, oh, but it's always frustrating, I'll stop. You, the things that would naturally make you stop, you got to kind of flip them and make them make you hungry for more. And that's exactly when it comes to your training. Where um, now working with the, with the middle – I can get to a point where I tell Nookie middle, tell her to down, and she really hesitated that down from the middle. Like, she just didn't get it. Mm. So, what I had to do it's was- a new picture. Totally new picture. And she's like, and, and also, she's paranoid of my legs. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, so- So, so little, yeah. So little, and she's sensitive, mm. and it is what it is. So, I just had to recover that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It took me like three sessions, mm-hmm. and then from there, I can tell her, and she smashes into it. She loves it. I walk away. I ask her to middle again, so now I'm truly on the intermittent schedule with the middle, and now I'm going to start working a little bit of heel with her. But um, but when it plateaued a little bit with the down and she was like breaking and every time I asked in the middle, she was doing a round and there was a couple of confusing points there, literally go back a step. Just go back, fix it, go back. Don't try to fix it at that step. Let's say if you're at step seven, go to step six and fix. Yep. Don't step- I think that's in the talent code as well. I, don't, I haven't finished it, so I won't claim to know it, but it's like when you make a mistake- you don't blow past it. You go back one step and you just keep repeating that. Even mis- better, that would say the talent can go right to the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. So, that's what he says. He goes, the girl's playing the piano. Mm. She key- misses a note or whatever. Yeah, from key six to key seven, yeah. she botches it. Mm. So, she goes five, six, seven, five, six, seven, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then continues mm. instead of practicing your mistakes. Because that's all got to do with the myelin and how I've been really obsessed with Andrew Hooper Like every episode of that of two months ago, he did all about motivation and drive. Yeah. Got to listen. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop his episode right now for people to listen. I think everyone, um, even, and this isn't just dog training lab. This is literally about human as well. Episode 12 of Huberman Lab. Huberman Lab. Motivation and Drive, episode 12. Um, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about it. Um, there's heaps of things that he talked about, but one thing that was really cool was he talks about dopamine being the motivation molecule. It's mm. the thing that brings happiness because you're in pursuit, the anticipation for the next thing. Anticipation of pleasure. 100%. It's that I need it more. But one thing he says about dopamine is that when it comes into the system, it's it's been it gets released with another molecule that looks identical or the same, which is so dopamine being pleasure and the other molecule being pain. Not pain as like physical pain, but craving pain, mm-hmm. the lack of. You have the bit of chocolate, hectic, tastes nice, I want more. And the problem with being too dopaminergic is that constantly for more and for more and for more, so you're constantly mm-hmm. driving, never, yeah. never being happy where you are. But it's good because it gets you off your off your ass and promotes action. I do wonder, like, uh, how many of us dog trainers are sort of in that kind of constant. Oh, mate, I I know I'm like that for sure. 
Because you want the success, you want, and look, and that one made dog training. Anyone who's pursuing anything, mm. like you want to set up the cafe for it to become good, so you can get more, so you can get more good reviews and good feedback to create more. Mm. It's this pursuit of creating stuff, even with sh- like shadows training. You know, like I've just finished teaching him spin, and then like it's so much fun when you start, and mm-hmm. then I just get over it so quickly, and I'm just like, oh, fuck! Now I've just got to find the next thing to teach him. That too. And look, and that's the thing is that the next thing, but also one thing that he said about, so yeah, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, mm. he goes, well, then we have to talk about the here and the now. It's things that are like, um, that stimulate the serotonin or the endocannabinoid system. Mm. It's like, you know, when the, the, the individual has a smoke of marijuana mm-hmm. and he's fully chilled out on the couch, it's because He's, he's triggered that part of his nervous system to be cool about the here and the now. You get that from meditation. You get that through deep rest. You get that through um, being with loved ones. So, mm. it's obviously not just that way. Mm. And it's about balancing of both and should be with our dogs. Yeah, the high drive, really good performing dog is the one that's hardest to live with because he's always in seeking for more. That's he's right. a predator. Mm. predator. He's the kid in school who gets bored really quickly because he's- he needs more, more, yeah, more, more. Needs he more needs more stimulation. Going. He's a smart kid. Like, so you fulfill that. But then, of course, and then there's so much that can go be a whole another episode of how to cap that. Mm. Maybe we should add that to the list of how to cap that sort of go, go, go. That's why you need on cues and off cues and things like that. And showing the dog like context in the crate. It's a chill time, whatever. Mm. But those passive um, activities, the rub down, the massage time, the in the crate, being on your place, those yeah. are the here and now being like there's nothing that's going to be exciting that I have to seek so I can be chill right now. And that's how you can find that that cool balance. But I thought uh, plugging that into our own system, I think it's cool to see things psychologically and it's also cool to see dog training or any skill development neurologically, the the What's what's the me- mechanism that's happening and the psychology is like the software, the software and the hardware. Mm. And how are we mammals seeking chemical reactions compared to fulfilling belief systems? And I think merging those together is pretty um. It's kind of funny, really, isn't it? <laughs> We're such simple creatures. Like what it's what's the there's that meme that's like has dopamine and I think serotonin. serotonin. And it's like these are the only two things you actually enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like seeking the the experience. If if I was addicted to alcohol, mm. seeking the experience of getting it mm-hmm. and doing it, the ritual of it creates more dopamine. The actual That's sipping right. of the drink. That's right. One more thing he says in that episode. He goes, they finally, and this is very much dog training related. Is that they finally, when he was working with this um with the lab and he had a professor and they put out a paper mm. and went to one of the journals mm-hmm. really excited first time ever happened for him and he said oh my gosh how are we going to celebrate this and she says i think this one will, will take a miss and he thought she was joking whatever but she was she was being serious for two reasons she said in like just the work itself should be reinforcing not the celebration after but she also goes because of intermittent reinforcement and how strong it is for our dopamine she goes we'll miss this one celebrate maybe the next one and that maybe keeps maybe you, maybe yeah that, that maybe keeps you in pursuit for the next and for mm-hmm. the next rather than even talking about an idea can ruin the dopamine because you get praise and reinforcement from somebody saying that's a great idea, you should do it, and then it's almost like now you don't have to do it because you've got the reinforcement for it. So the intermittent schedule doesn't just happen for dog training, but professors and scientists are talking about it being for ourselves and being in control of your reinforcement. Mm. Um, Like we don't drink every episode, and today feels pretty good to have a little sip Mm. and to chat, and because it happens randomly, thank you, Roger, um, 
keep intermittently so reinforcing true. us, we continue for more, right? Or yeah, like who's really- to say if and when someone else might just be like, here's a little bit of something for the podcast. And not an expectation. No. And I think, but then also it doesn't come from outside. Also, you can celebrate it too. Mm. Or you can choose not to celebrate. Hey, the podcast out in, uh, let's say, overnight got a million downloads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this one will just chill out. Don't worry. Yeah, good work, bro. And then continue on our way. Maybe. Let's just say that. Does that make you in more pursuit for more? Mm. And if we can think about, well, that all comes back down to the plateau, right? Things plateau because maybe motivation changes. Maybe you have too much motivation. You're not getting the behavior. So, you need to kind of work within that micro level Mm. and not just seeing it as the overall picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what clients find the hardest is those little tiny it's the one percenters. That little tiny nuance of change that. Oh, my God, it changes everything. And I think we've kind of come full circle there because you're saying those little tiny changes, like, again, going back to that hockey stick analogy, like mm. first lesson, hockey stick, second, third, fourth lesson, you know, that, that plateau, like we're saying when training plateaus. But it becomes much harder to see the improvements because they get smaller. So small. But they're still improvements, right? So, get right? the magnifying glass out. That's right. And, and then it becomes like a game of centimetres. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, that's the kind of unsexy truth of dog training is it's super repetitive and 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 it is a game of inches, game of centimetres. Mm-hmm. You just have to be really paying attention for those those small changes smallest, in the dog. Smallest. Yeah. And that's what should get you the most excitement. Mm. And that's what we train ourselves a little. It, it is a little bit sick as well because I think like- when I do a first lesson with a client, if there's a really big win in the change in the dog, you do I, – I definitely get a, a rush from mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and you come out of the lesson and then there's almost like a little bit of a come down. But you should that. get a rush because the result of why you're there in the first place is to get that thing. So, now you're like, ah, cool, like we got it. Mm. Um, that's good. That's a good job, which means we'll get another good job, mm. which means I can do more cool things for more longer. Um, and if you didn't get that rush – it wouldn't be as well, like, interesting. And then you pop- but we're constantly chasing that, you know? A hundred percent. And I think we and I think it's it's healthy to be able to change but then how much do we have to chase it in our day and age? how much of it do mm. we like dopamine facilitators? We're just creating all this factory of dopamine for what? So maybe we do need to do more chills. Well, some people are pretty lazy. So yeah. maybe we're just like we're the person like me and you are like, Yeah, it's good, but it's not good enough. It needs to be fixed. Mm. It needs to be better. Mm. Can we get more of it? Or and I'm not that businessy. I could get more, but I also find that across. I, I for me, I, ch- I put that across the board. All right. Well, is home is everything at home good? Family, friends, good. Um, a lot of work out, plates in the air. Where right? we're doing yeah. that boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. and you need that dopamine to cater to them all. Mm. But then I got sick the other week, and I totally got sick because you I'm not blew, sleeping enough. Blew out. Blew out. You had a blowout because you were too tired. You were working too much, not resting, not taking care of yourself. Exactly. So, and then if you do that, then training can plateau too. Mm. So, anyway, everything, I think everything can come back to this when training plateaus because that's without, when the thing that can probably make people upset about the dog training experience is when things kind of settle. And that's when you need somebody who's giving you advice today because I've seen this dog heaps, this type of dog heaps at times do this technique now. Because it's going to help us for step 17 when we get to it. Mm. We've just We've laid a bit of foundation for it. When we get there, ah, now do that thing. Oh, snap, it worked. Whatever it is. The name game is probably the best one. Because we know we're going to deal with this thing in the moment. When the moment means at some stage in the future. And 
real quick, I want to talk before we wrap this one up is mm-hmm. I did the first session ever with um, with the heel yesterday with Nookie. Again, I'm really like shit at teaching a heel command. But um, right after it happened, I'm like, ah, I just want to like get some more food, do it again. But that again is today. And then over time, you just do something. It's like planting a seed, right? You know, mm-hmm. like plant the seed and then like Jack Beanstalk see it tomorrow morning. It's this big thing. You got to like love the process of it all. And mm. I think that's that's an art form that needs that to be is developed. Important. Enjoying the process because you know your dogs dogs live they're, they're not around for the for the one week we train them and we fix them. It's not a game, you know. Like there is a game involved in it, but it's a it's it's a duty, I guess. You know, it's something that you do now for the tomorrow. We set it up for the next one. Set it up for the next one. I think that's the that's something that. I think we can um, wrap up on for people to think of seeing it like you're, you're planting, literally planting a seed for your garden. I like it. All right. Thanks, guys. Much love to you all. Share the episode with your friend. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the price of admission. Share the episode with one person yeah. that you think would benefit from this. And write, write a nice review for us, please. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>